Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. In the latest PR Moment podcast, we've got a change of theme and a change of format from normal. In anticipation of the build-up of the PR Moment Awards 2020, I thought it would be interesting to hear from some of the winners from the 2019 awards. So today I'm talking to Noel Cooper, who's Head of Media, PR and Supporter Communications for Amnesty International UK. The Amnesty International UK comms team won the in-house team of the year award at the PR Moment Awards this year, 2019. Before we start, I should say thanks to our PR Moment podcasts, sponsors the PRCA. Just to say, the PR Moment Awards website 2020 is now live, where you can have a look at all the categories and uh, get the deadline for entries into your calendars. Niall, welcome to PR Moment Podcast. Congrats once again on your PR Moment Award win this year as UK's best in-house PR team. Thank you very much. Very, de- you know, absolutely delighted to, to pick up the award. Big surprise for us, but, um, you know, lovely, lovely, uh, lovely award and great to get it. Great. Now, um, just tell me about that, that body of work you've, you've put together in the last 12 months, because it's, uh, it's quite interesting. Um, the, the type of work you do, both in a reactive and proactive sense, is quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, totally. What we do is we kind of split ourselves as being half reactive and half proactive. And that's kind of how the team's set up. So we try and do some of the most creative stunts uh, that you can see. So we've did amazing things about renaming um, streets to Kasaji Street. We've did that sort of, you know, that sort of stuff. Looked at tornadoes, mock tornadoes around Parliament to highlight arms fairs, that sort of stuff. And at the same time, we're kind of really keeping an eye on the news. So the team is, we now have a, a former news editor of the Daily Mirror working for us. And his job is to look at the breaking news agenda and try and make sure we're as fast and as quick as, uh, as we can be on, on reactive stuff. So it's a big combination of, of making sure we have both skill sets really accounted for. And that's kind of, I think, will hopefully impress the, the judges. We also do a massive in journalism engagement programme as well. So it's all about trying to make sure that we know the right people, we provide the right content, and we're creative and different. And that's, you know, a big challenge to try and shape and model a team on like no budget at all, right? You know, so that's that's the, the the hardest challenge. But it's quite a small team, isn't it? It's not it's not a huge. No, totally not. I mean, at the moment we we've got six members in our team. And is, uh, it, is it half and half? Three on reactive, three on proactive. How does it work? Yeah, more or less. I mean, we have we have two reactive news people, two campaign people, one right. planner, and one person who looks after regional media. Okay, and that's how it works at the moment. So it's it's. Um, and everybody kind of learns from each other, so you, you can step into other people's shoes, and that's that's the idea. I hire deliberately hire people who I think are the best in in one particular field. Knowing the not, you know, you're never going to find the ultimate all rounder because that's difficult. So, what I hire is a specialist, and then they help learn, uh, help other people learn and develop, and that that's kind of how we go. So, you know, we get you get ideas thrown around from people who have come from a different field and, and that sort of stuff. So it works well. But that, I mean, you talked a couple of times there about creativity, but it's quite a, a small team to, to I don't know, go to that creative bucket. Because we, we <laughs> definitely creative directors would, would disagree with this, but I've only got so much creativity in me. Do you know what I mean? And So how do you come up with those ideas? Is it just a team or do you... Because you don't have a, an agency you go to for this stuff, is it? It's, presumably it's, it's just it's internal, is it? You, you work it out yourselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, I... Th- 
I'm going to be a bit kind of greedy in the sense I think that we've got a very good creative sense. Right. And we do, we will do a few internal w- creative... W- within the team, you mean? Yeah. Right. And we do a few internal uh, creative sessions with wider members of, of within Amnesty. Um, you know, okay. and occasionally we might go to agencies, but a lot of the media stuff, the news stuff, that's my team. Right. And, you know, that's looking at how we can do that. And we, we do quite a lot of... Uh, called mail meetings monitoring evaluating and learning and that's that's a bit where we kind of look at what's working and we kind of learn bounce ideas off each other and, and we try and be different you know we try and you know you don't close anything down you, no. as you'd expect any creative director to do um and we just encourage that you know encourage that kind of thought about going you know what what's going to get attention what's going to be that little bit different and i think we have to be creative because it's a busy space you know it's yeah. so, the news agenda is like really packed, and we've got to be different. And we've and, got to stand and there's out. plenty of. I mean, clearly, Amnesty's a great charity brand, but there's plenty of plenty of charities competing with you for, within that news space, isn't there? So, yeah, totally. And, and that's where that's the whole kind of bit about having to be different. We have to kind of think. We can't stand still. We can't say, "Oh, that worked last year. Let's do it again." Right. No, that's just not acceptable. We have to kind of think, "What can we do?" Is that's that different? right? So you, you you deliberately avoid sort of annual stunts that, that have worked in the past? There's stuff that we do that kind of works on a regional level. And, you right. know, sometimes, you know, people, media sometimes forget that they're the same thing you did last year, <laughs> you do it again this year. Well, I'm not going to be naive enough to say that, but, like, we've got to be aware of how the agenda changes and what how we can be as different and as, you know, able to be creative. I mean, not everything we do works. We did a great stunt on Henry VIII eating cake outside Parliament to highlight you know what they were called Henry VIII laws legislation coming through bombed but oh, that that. Brilliant. N- N- Niall's got a bit of cake in front of him now so there, there's, this is a cake themed podcast but, I, will, um, I will now refer to cake throughout all of it <laughs> so I will have my cake and I want, eat it I want cake in every answer now oh, that's what um, so um, what's your favourite amnesty stunt of, of recent oh. times would you say um, we did a really beach stunt outside um, uh, the Israeli embassy, mm. highlighting the issues about um, tra- travel companies, so like TripAdvisor and people like that who are selling hotels, promoting Airbnb, promoting uh, accommodation in the occupied territories. So we did, like, people on uh, deck chairs, all in beachwear, on a mock beach with barbed wire around the outside of it. Loved it. It really, really, really cool stunt. Obviously, we do this in January because that's when you want to do these sort of stunts, you know. <laughs> so you've got these poor uh, actors all kind of freezing to death in, you know, bikinis and beach shorts and stuff. That worked really well. Mm. You know, that sort of stuff um, chimes great. And and then the other one would be, um, you know, renaming... We renamed uh, Tiananmen Square out to the Chinese embassy to mark uh, the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. And that went global. You know, you, we do something in the UK and you start seeing it coming through from the Dutch newspapers, the French newspapers, Latin America. That's when you kind of see the stuff that we, you know, we do. That inter- I hadn't thought about that international element too, but clearly it's a it's a global organisation. Mm-hmm. Where are you a, a sort of, a, is, is, is the UK media team, is that a big hub? Or have you, or have you got are there, are media teams in various different countries throughout the world? We've got um, 60 different media sections, so they're really? all... In, in 60 not, different countries? 60 different countries. Wow. But okay. the amount of media team they have in each one, it varies massively. We're definitely among the, the, the biggest. There's two or three that are the same sort of size as us. But you're only six. We're so, only six. You know, but, but there's still maybe 
60 people minimum around the world doing that stuff around us. I, yeah. I hadn't thought that would be... You, you would have people in that many territories, so to speak. But, yeah, but um, they, whether... I mean, some of them will be doing um, campaigning and um, digital stuff and marketing, you know, the whole range of, the whole yeah. range of work. So their, their job title might be... Might only mean they're doing 10% of their work's media. Yeah. Okay. So um, it, it varies massively. Um, where we are, obviously, in London's a big news hub. Yeah. Right. So, so what we do here is massively influential for the whole movement. So right. we have to think a little bit about what the consequence of us being. We can't be. I mean, love being rogue. Don't get me wrong. Being rogue's brilliant. Being fun and like totally great. But this has to be. Unfortunately, this little sense bell that goes off in my head going, "Hold on, I can't quite do that. I might want to do that, but I can't quite because it's got the, implications for somebody else." Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just hearing you talk about those stunts for, for, for the sort of stuff you do lots of stunts are, are, are sort of fun fun aren't they but actually your your stunts are they have to be fun to get people talking but they're very serious at the same time so it's kind of a there's a tension there isn't there which is um, sometimes difficult but I, I guess that's the whole point well totally I mean for us um, you know you, you have to think a bit about what the topic is and you know, it's a serious topic. What's going to make it is the fact that sometimes there isn't the visuals, there isn't that kind of bit that goes with it. Right. So the, the really classic examples, like a corporate company, corporate doing something, you know, is if they're on the FTSE 100, then their big board meeting is going to be the driest photo ever, <laughs> right? So it's going to be mean nothing because it's just a bunch of... And apologies to all the FTSE 100 companies, but generally white, middle class, 40, 50-year-olds wearing suits. Not going to make a great photo. Please do not wear my suit today. Oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm in a T-shirt, <laughs> right? So we're, we're, not, we're not doing that. But, um, we ticked every other bit. We're white, white and 40-something. But, yeah, we, we're not wearing suits, thank goodness. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I've got a pair of cons on as well, so, you know, <laughs> can be, um, you know, more marketing type of person. Uh, but, anyway, for, so for that, we would look at that and go, right, well, actually, what they want is a photograph to accompany it. So if a FTSE 100 company, and there are some that are doing human rights abuses then we'll provide that photo so amnesty will be looking at that and going right actually we've got an issue with you you're going to be wanting to do your board report on what you know whatever you're kind of reporting on and we would be like well okay we we know that's going to be a story in the paper so instead we'll provide your photo if you the photo will be connected to the human rights abuses that you're doing overseas so one would be like a company called Pedanto who had tin mining issues. So we did a stunt with loads of people in foil masks outside their headquarters. Really cheap stunt. We've got no money. You know, an old a mask with a bunch of tin foil over it. But that was in five or six national newspapers because Vedanta were doing... That was our big media moment was their board meeting. But obviously the, the photo, suddenly they're having to describe, discuss our issues in there because why else have you got that photo? But they would. the other photo would have been a bunch of... White middle class men yeah, in right. suits doesn't make anything, you know. So it's that being aware of what but, the opportunities are. But where did that come from? Is there is there a um, is there a team within Amnesty somewhere working out right? Well, let's go after this company because they're doing this. Um, oh. This is an issue. Let's go after them. Or does that come from you guys thinking right? There's an opportunity there because so and so company is is about to announce their results, and your your journo, whose name I forget now, who used to work for the Mirrors, is is entwined with that 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 
what's going on to, to work out those opportunities? How, how deep do the ideas come from? Is it, is it the media team or is it let, driven from the, from the, the charity itself? Um, no, I mean, what we are is ultimately we're a human rights organisation. So, right, we're after making the... Uh, just it's really simple, right? We just want to make the world a better place. Simple, right. nice little kind of, you know, like everybody to do that. Um, so we have a, a list of areas that we work on. It's about right. 15 different kind of things that we're to different at, levels. At an organisational level. At an organisational level. Right. So those would be the ones that we would put biggest priority on trying to get the creative stuff because right. they're the things we actually are very keen to leverage change. So let's say there's 15 things that... that, that Amnesty have got going on at any one time, then you yeah, as the Yeah, I mean, media, they're kind of up and down, yeah, so like, but, might, I might be five that are active, yeah, yeah but whatever. But, but you as the media team then go away and work out the opportunities for proactive and reactive within those within those so Exactly that. Strands. Exactly so that. So we would be like going, like, okay, well, what's going to make, um, say, like same-sex marriage in Northern Ireland? Right. How are we going to highlight same-sex marriage in Northern Ireland? How are we going to make that an issue? So we'll be looking at a stunt that kind of, or a a feature or a case study that's going to really bring that forward. Like now, kind of, that's happening. So what we're doing at the moment is looking for who's going to be the first couple to get married, or January the 1st, you know, right. that's it. So we're trying to find those people. That's what we're doing actually now. My team are, like, busy trying to find those people. For, so for that, our Northern Ireland listeners out there, do give Nile a shout if you, if, you know that, if you know that person. Or exactly, yeah. So. Happily, ha- happily have those case studies. <laughs> you know, Nile.cooper with a U in it at amnesty.org.uk. Email me, let me know. I'll, I'll, be, I'll happily take that case study. So that, that's the sort of stuff that we would be horizon scanning and looking and, at. And, and what's the... I, I, I have always imagined that... Um, Amnesty is a pretty risk-averse organisation. So, do you, if you if you have, do you just get to do stuff that you have the idea for, or do you have to go and see it? I was going to say a suit somewhere, but I bet they're not wearing a suit to, that, that says, or, or the legal, or lawyers. I mean, or, or, you know, how 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 much fun do you get to have, or do or do you, do you have a do you have a legal team that you have to get a few things ticked off with? Yeah, I can I can get into a bit of trouble for the kind of. Um, I love coming out with wacky ideas. I love coming out with the kind of really good creative stuff. It's totally what, you know, I I But there's that, but it's also, it can be, you know, risky from a legal perspective, can it? There's there's, there's two really big significant things. One is, like, if we're taking on the shells or the Vedantas of this world, then there's a whole legal element to it. So you, you do have to be careful about what you say. And that's the same with, you know, a lot of other people. But the big thing for us is the people that we highlight because, um... They're generally people that have put their lives on the risk to highlight human rights abuses. Okay. So we have to be really careful about how much. Right. And the knock-on effects on those. You know, some people okay. have suffered horrible things, and you have to be careful about, you know, if we raise your case, are you going to be emotionally yeah. capable of dealing with it? And that's that's the bit that we... And where they are in the world when yeah. you might raise it. Or, yeah, exactly. Okay. So right. we might have, um, like, Saudi Arabia or Iran, you know, yep. if we're... Like, in Iran, there are a number of other cases that are like Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe, which we won't even talk about, right. because their family believe that by raising their case, that puts them more at risk. Um, Richard Ratcliffe, Nazanin's husband, happy to raise her case, and they've had that conversation. So that they know the risks involved, and they're willing to highlight it, and they want to do it. And the, the example for what makes them so special is that they're emblematic of wider issues. So if we can get Nazanin out, then the chances are that loads of others will follow. But somebody had to put their head above that. So you have to be pretty careful with what you do. Totally. And it's not not so much the ideas, it's the people that we 
uh, working for. So oh. that's where that's where our protection comes in. Okay. Um, you know, I'd love doing kind of great stuff. Um, and just on the. The, the biggest, just on that, I, I don't think this is necessarily a question related just to, to charity, but there's probably a charity element to it. What the, the biggest challenges for in-house teams at the moment? Um, clearance, okay, can be a big problem trying to get your ideas through. Um, money, yeah, budgets. You know, we we operate in a zero budget more or less, um, which makes it really difficult because you can't do the you can come up with the really clever ideas like people go yeah let's do this um i don't know like flash mob well a flash mob is like pretty simple straightforward stuff but actually to do a flash mob well you probably need four cameras different locations properly sounded yeah. all that sort of stuff and rehearsed that's hiring four cameras to do that suddenly that's like quite a bit that's of expense 10 grand isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. so you're kind of going well, well yeah. that's out you know, or so that's the sort of stuff, and that's basic. That's flash so mob. frustrating, isn't it? So, so kind of, frustrating. We just don't have the money, yeah. so no, we can have it. the ideas, yeah. and then you just don't have the ability to do it. So we need to think about how we can do things on a much, you know, it's, it's bend and borrow. And well, I was going to say, part, I mean, partnerships, but I mean, you're yeah. not going to have any brand partnerships. Are you? It's just potential conflicts is too much, I suppose. Is that the? There's a or, few, a few that we do, but right. really minimal because of the, you know, we we've got to look through the whole list of it we've got to appear to be the you know the purest brand yeah and that's really important our reputation yeah. is absolutely fundamental we can't put that at risk because that's what it means when we pick up the phone to the bbc or you know channel four or sky that they know what we've said they trust it you know so it's like we're, we're we remain a trusted news source yeah the moment we put that at risk by doing something a bit rogue then it becomes a problem yeah no, it just it gets me. That there's um, it's a certain type of people that thrive with working for Amnesty. You know, but if I if I rock up for an interview at Amnesty, I, I'm I'm not sure I'm going to get the job. I don't quite know why. But is there is it a a certain type of rebel that that that, that tends to thrive? Um, it's a really interesting question because um, one of the problems that sometimes happens with Amnesty is uh, nearly everybody. He joins Amnesty as an Amnesty supporter. They right. passionately believe in the cause. You know, myself, I probably believe in 99.9% of what we do. Okay. I couldn't even name what the 0.1% is, right? So it's pretty much solidly back all of that. Um, but the issue with that is it means you can have issues about people just going working too much. You know, so that's the issue more. Oh, so it's trying they just to, they throw themselves throw themselves too much into the job. Yeah, so oh, trying okay. to actually one of my jobs right. is kicking people out of the office. Right, that's what I would say. It's, it's more like actually you've got a life here. It's more. It becomes more than a job. Yeah. it's a vocation to, to, to some so people. So that's right. that's um, a problem. Where I think uh, what's interesting is that I would look now towards having some people who you've got to have a sense of what amnesty is so you would have to in any organization you're joining but having somebody who's got a really good solid pr background really knows how campaigns work that's ideal because right. i want i want a team mix right so i would yes i want that sort of person but i also want the person who was the news editor who knows how the news agenda works yeah, yeah. i want those sort of really senior talented people within those sections obviously you have to have a sympathy and understanding of amnesty that isn't a criteria. That isn't like an essential criteria for me. That's a kind of desirable. Right. But it's that you need to be at the top of the game. Right. You need to be basically the best person in that area, and that's the person I want. 
you know, I don't want... So I don't want an all-rounder. I don't want a person who's okay. completely driven by everything amnesty because that can become, you know, it's, it can become all-consuming. Well, I suppose the... I, I forget, you'd been there for how long did yeah, you say? Yeah, I'm now guilty of this charge you're, you're, of 12 years. Yeah, but also, uh, what about... Yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at that both ways, but I was thinking, if you've been there for 12 years, you can't go... You'd have run out of steam by now. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you'd have broken if you were absolutely there... Not twenty four seven, but you know what I mean. You you have to. It has to be a job, I think, doesn't it, for to work somewhere for that long? Because otherwise, you'll break. Um. Yeah, totally, and I agree with that. And it's you know, I'm not going to say it's been with its um, ups and downs. It certainly has. It's a it's a job where you know my daily morning meeting is looking through, going through what shit in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we go. Yeah. My team, each of them will come in. They'll have a, an area of the world that they concentrate on, and they'll be like. Okay, I will run through what's shit in Asia, what's shit in yeah, right. Africa, and all that sort of stuff. And that's what we hear. And they go, "What are we going to respond to?" So I then have that all going around my, you know, that's my team always. Did you do. get? Do you know? Did you get used to it? I mean, I'm just thinking about. Uh, I'm, I'm, really sort of, I'm thinking about it, the, the role, the life of a doctor, for example. You know, what I mean, they, I wouldn't say they become immune to it, but they get used to it. Um, and it, uh, maybe there's a bit of that, but but maybe not. Maybe yeah. maybe you don't get used to seeing that sort of stuff. I think it's as a manager of that team. It's something I have to be really wary of right. because uh, fatigue, emotional fatigue, is yeah. like a real big risk because you're talking about some of the, and well, stuff that we deal with. You don't, we don't, not everything goes out. You know, I've less right. so now, but I've certainly seen pictures and video. Just too much. It just would be, you know, for not for public consumption. Yeah, um, and that's horrible when you get that sort of stuff, and that's what we deal with. But so. Yeah, I think what what I encourage within my team is to make sure you have a life outside amnesty. That there's stuff, out, you know, it's not just everything. You have to kind of have that balance. Right. Uh, I, that's so important because it's a brilliant job. Very few jobs you can go in and go, actually, I've made this difference. And it's yeah. made a big difference to, you know, in times, a whole nation. Yeah, it's a bit different than running a PR mag, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, now I get it. Now, the, the skill sets is interesting because you've only got you've, you've got six people, so you, yeah. can't, you can't cover everything, can you? Um, so you have to prioritise. But, I mean, I would have thought social's massively important, presumably. Video must be really important. But you, you can't do it all, can you? So where, 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 where how do you manage that? Where, where, where do you prioritise from a skill set perspective? Um, I think the big thing is is remembering that the news organisations are still the same big news organisations they always have been. Right. They're still the people that are driving content on social. So you're still talking to the same people. And I think that's one of the things that has been lost a bit sometimes by, you know, um, we're, I mean, our office is in shortage, so you can get more, like, ridiculously trendy, you know, the kind of all the sort of stuff that I'm, I'm not, apart from my T-shirt, perhaps. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you see all of that, and you kind of go, and people, the tendency will be, well, let's go for this really niche, trendy audience that actually has very little impact. Right. And the the harsh reality is sometimes you have to look at where are your, where are your audience are and what they're listening to and what they're consuming. And for us, actually, you'll find heart, capital... BBC online, you know, it's the kind of, it's those classic places that people go, right, well, actually, I was thinking about this tiny little niche newspaper and that tiny little niche thing. And yes, there are influence leaders to some degree, but actually the BBC online 
is huge. Yeah. So you know we have. So you, you follow the numbers to a large extent. Well, do you, I mean, you kind of you look. We do kind of audience analysis like everybody would do, and we have to look at where we put our resources because you yeah. say we've got limited resources. So the conversations we have have to be so targeted, and so like you know, if we're looking at journalist engagement, we've really got to pinpoint down to the right journalist at the right outlet that's going to have the right influence oh. and the right reach. So that's the research that we do. So there's a lot more planning going on rather than being, you know, yeah, give me the budget and I'll lovely, happily be scattergun. Exactly. Well, that, but, but hearing you talk, so it sounds like quite a, um, a media relations-driven team. Is that is that fair to say? You're, in that sense, what you're trying to do is influence the journalist to then, and then the journalist will spread the word, the word via, via social and, and whatever other channel. But you're you're at this moment in time anyway, quite focused on on the news agenda for I'm sure good reason. Yeah, I mean we talk about campaigns as well. Yeah, so I mean like, but, but the uh, campaigns but will be exactly through through the media, if you like, as opposed to your I don't know you're not you're not necessarily trying to push a social campaign out via Facebook or something like that. It's we would be doing that, and there you know there's we've got some specialists that would look into that area, um, and that does happen. Where we've noticed more and more is that. Our success lies on um, keeping an eye on the news agenda. Right. You know, that drives yeah, everything else. It's, right. it's being what we would call being part of the conversation. Right. So if we're not part of the conversation, then we're invisible. And like, Amnesty cannot afford to be invisible. Right. And if, you, if you're part of the conversation there, then everything else is a, 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 a virtual cycle of, of yeah. conversation in various different channels. But you've got to kick it off. Cut it within the media. So, I mean, for example, Flora Kunzberg says something about amnesty. That's going to have a massive knock-on effect all over the place. So nurturing Laura is quite an an obvious one. So looking at those sort of stuff, I mean, people like Jon Snow is a good friend of amnesty, uh, really useful, brilliantly useful contact. You know, if he says anything on Twitter promotes, you know, pro-amnesty. Where you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, you look at your Facebook tweet, Facebook and Twitter feeds, the amount of the retweets and the kind of shares, where do they all originate from? You know, there's a reason why the Telegraph group, the Mail group, the BBC, the, you know, Sky are all big businesses. They know it. They're not going to suddenly go, hold on, I'll just stop and let these newbies come on board. The likelihood is they're just going to buy the newbies and they'll <laughs> be part of, that, part of that same group. So it's still that same group controlling the same media they're not going to set us they're not going to suddenly step aside because something new and trendy is happening they're going to watch out what new and trendy is and own it so that's where those groups still really important okay now the the objectives of 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 your team what what, are you are you pretty closely aligned to i don't know contributing to to amnesty's organizational objectives either that be be by i don't know changing behavior or by trying to raise donations is that and, and and if so can can you can you look at stuff that you go, yeah, we help do that, or, or is it hard to, to, to measure that impact? Yeah, we're getting closer and closer. That, for me, is becoming so much more important. Right. It always was, but it's like we should be in a situation where everything we do is connected to an organisational objective. You know, again, small stuff. So it's, you know, we've got to be able to thinking, we're picking up the phone to make that call because it's going to make this difference or it's going to help with delivering funding. So we've got a few uh, big fundraising partners that, you know, want us to, that will give us support. So we're supported by the People's Postcode Lottery. Um, But part of that is that we have to deliver regional media. 
So obviously, um, we look at regional media campaigns. So we'll be looking at how can we do that in the most effective way that PPL will, will back and support. Right. So that's that's part of what we do. That's one of our objectives is to deliver that. Um, and then we will be looking at influencing mapping. That's really important for us. So it's, again, it's about resources. So we need to be in the right places that reach the right people to make the right difference. That's a key part of our planning. Because right. otherwise, you know, why are we doing it? Okay. And is the... Um I mean, when you have a campaign or a, or, or a big or, or reactive news, when you're in that conversation, do you see an increase in in donations? Can you is there a can you um, are there more hits on the website and therefore more more donations? Does does that is that does that flow happen or is it a bit a bit less specific than that? Um, it's not as easy to map, and okay. I think you'll find like every single media manager you've ever met is going to be like. Give me that golden bullet. Give me that golden solution. And um, well, in in some areas it works, doesn't it? I mean, I, you know, the, the the old one I always think about is um, I don't know the price comparison sites. Do you know what I mean? So they do a campaign, then they seem to get a pretty instant um, uplift in 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 spend on their website. So I'm just, but it it doesn't work for every sector. I wondered if it if it worked for charities. So with us, is I think with Amnesty, you're talking to a campaigning organisation here. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, okay. It's not so much that the media story that we place is directly linked to a fundraising ask. Yeah. So you're not going to necessarily see that. Um, you might, in terms of how many people signing a petition or actions, that okay. sort of stuff, yeah. happens. Um, the one that I know of is I also manage the support communications team, basically classic support care. Um, and we will see feedback. So people picking up the phone, interactions with Amnesty will rise with media coverage. I mean, okay. that's like yeah, yeah, an absolute, right. you know, the more we're seeing, the more it's, it's, it's classic. But that's a definite correlation. It's really obvious through the graphs that I get from that. Um, and we will see more, um, obviously, interactions with our website and stuff like that. Okay, fine. Now, you've overseen quite a period of, of cultural change, right, within the comms team and Amnesty. Just, just talk me about, talk me through that process. So that is, we were a press office, right. and we're now a media and PR team. And De- that, define the difference in your eyes. Ah, yeah. So now in my like one's blue and the other's blue. <laughs> um, so not much difference, slightly one, slightly, whatever. Um, then for me, uh, it is about focus on change, focus on actual, because PR is public relations, media relations, you know, it's like, what are you doing that's actually delivering something different? As a press office, you're basically almost a service provider. So you're just getting a story in and you're bashing it out. That's not where we're at. It's about intelligent media. So where we were previously was numbers-based. So how successful is this press release? How many people is it? How many where has it been placed? How big is that coverage? How many times has it been used? Um, and that would be kind of a view of success. Right. You know, where we are, we used to have something called um, a splash factor, which meant you've got a splash factor, an internal measure. This is before I took over the team. That would be one national broadcast, a regional, a print, and I can't remember something else. Um, and that would be considered to be a splash factor. And we go, oh, we've got a splash factor. But... Did it deliver change? Did it actually make any difference? Was it in the right place? Was it in the right topic? Did we have the right message? 
and those are the questions we weren't asking. Right. So the question I impose my team now is, does this deliver human rights change? Does this actually make a difference? Are you doing this for... Is there a reason for doing this? If it doesn't, don't do it. You know, we've got so many other things we could be concentrating on. It's pointless wasting our time on that. The one caveat on that is that one of our targets would be engagement or numbers, you know, kind of popularity. There's still an element of that because the more people who support Amnesty, the bigger weight we have in meetings with ministers. You know, we say we've got... 250,000 members, then you go into a meeting and it's a lot more the, a lot more powerful than if you've got 10,000 members. So, you know, sure. you can obviously see that that link. But most of it is about making sure the politicians hear that message right. or the, the people who can make change hear that message. And that's really where we're at. That's the change. Right. That's where that PR bit has come on. That's where that intelligent media element. And that's where, that's where the team need to be thinking. It's not like, it's no good just going scattergun. We can't be there now. Can't be in that space because you're wasting resources. Right. When, when did that change sort of occur? Was it was it a gradual thing? Was I'm going to say it's basically when I came in as a head of media PR. And you, com- um, you sort it all out. Yeah, totally. Did it all in a couple of days. No problem. <laughs> Wasn't any problem. No internal rife or strife within the team about that sudden dramatic change. Um, yeah, it was. It's a. It's been a journey. Right. It's been a journey, and um, you. The team have slowly got on board. We've had a, a bit of churn that's helped as well to get those new ideas in. Right. And we, the people that have been through the team are all always have been really talented, great people. Um, it's just the focus has changed. Right. So okay. and that's the big difference, I think. And uh, with agencies, I mean, uh, there's clearly not a lot of budget. So do you do you, do you, do you use agency much? Do many agencies say, "I tell you what, we'll help you on a pro bono basis," or, or is it just is it just you guys? Um, do you know, I'd probably love agencies to come and approach us and say, right, we can, you know, but it would be pro bono. Right. So all those agencies listening to this wonderful podcast, <laughs> if you want to kind of give Amnesty a help, by all means, you know, pick up pick up the phone, drop me an email. Um, I guess you'd have to check out their client list, wouldn't you? Just yeah, to make the a little bit. I mean, <laughs> we, we've certainly worked before with um, some relatively big agencies um, on a kind of job swap. Scenario. Okay. So we've done bits where we've kind of like. So what have you done for them? I don't. What, well, we go into them and look at because they, the charity sector and the NGO sector is something that's alien to a number of big agencies. Okay. So they don't. I see what you mean. They don't right. understand how we work, and then we will get people in that will give us a kind of an agency perspective, a kind of level of professionalism. Particularly when we were first starting to make that change, that was kind of giving us a perspective of how the other were, other side operated and we weren't because we weren't there yeah um so that element is, is is useful so that sort of partnership of skill sharing or we've even brainstormed a couple of ideas that we've had a couple of things that we've gone through on a kind of uh kind of an ad hoc basis and then right. that, that element of helping each other does happen and has happened we haven't done it as much recently but i'm totally open to those ideas right well there you go there's any um, hungry creative PR firms out there. Um, I think you've already given your email, haven't you? We're answering the, on, the, on the podcast, but I'm sure you can find now, so give them a shout. Um, the other thing, my, well, my, my penultimate question is in terms of challenges, it's, we've touched on it a bit, but as far as I can get it, it's budget, right? Is that always, is, is, is what's going on in the world um, with the news agenda, does that make it tougher for you to get? To, 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 to get into the media? What, what, what are your... What, what's holding you guys back from a, a PR perspective? 
Yeah, numbers as well. Oh. Um, I mean, one of the hardest choices we have to do is what do we cover and what don't we cover. Okay. Because you, you can... You know, as a person who's been an Amnesty supporter as well as an Amnesty staff member for years, making that decision of, uh, yeah, right, well, there's people drowning in the Mediterranean and we've got uh, people being killed for being gay in Africa. Which one do you highlight? Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, we, we, try, we which, might try and do which both. Which child do I prefer? It's that sort of question, isn't it? You can't, you can't do it. Yeah, It's exactly that. So that's, that's a decision we have to make quite a lot. So that's a really big challenge because... We really, and we have to be ruthless, we can't do it all. And it's so tough. And you will be, you could pick up uh, a phone to a, a newspaper or a radio station, a television station, and you, every single one of them is worthwhile coverage. Mm. But you have to think also what they are particularly interested in. Well, what it, they be, I was going know. to say, presumably in different parts of the world, different stories will fly more than others. Do you see what I mean? And, probably at different times and you have to make that judgment call on what's going to what's going to work best at any given moment in any given place exactly which gives you in a bit of a guilt trip because you're okay. kind of going right yeah, yeah, right you're kind of going well oh so i've left that poor people person okay. in venezuela or bolivia because frankly the british media or bolivia nobody's nobody's going to cover a story about bolivia right um it's it's pretty unusual or Kazakhstan right? right there are lots of bad stuff happens in Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and all those places but for some reason English media is not, 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 not up for it no exactly right. whereas if you give me a story about Thailand or Myanmar right. or to be honest some of the old colonial countries yeah or fly um, and that's the judgement call we have to make and right. it's it's difficult to leave things behind and that's 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 a really tough challenge um, yeah I mean I'd love yeah give me uh, three times the staff and ten times the budget, and I'll be a very happy person. Um, you know, because there's, so, there's certainly a lot more that, that we could do. There's so much more potential, but we we just we have to work with what we've got. Yeah, right. Uh, just final thought: the cause-related marketing. You know, if you uh, brands are, are are tripping over themselves to um, uh, create a purpose um, for, for, for for themselves, is that does that have any implications for a brand like Amnesty? I, 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 does it make it harder for you to get cut through? Does it make it easier? Does it make it you, you more loved within within the brand world? And, and does that have any implications, or or is it just something that isn't really on your radar? It's a bit on my radar. It's not completely off. Um, So where I think we need to be looking at is, I mean, Amnesty is like the the clean version of a of a you know brand looking at coming in. You know, kind of your high street brands, if you like. Um, So what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I mean, okay. What I mean is like say. Nike suddenly started saying, right, we're going to start suddenly being anti-child trafficking. Right. Right? Yeah. The I point is, Amnesty has always been anti-child yeah. trafficking, so, so we're the so clean the, brand. Yeah. So they, they've got they've got some, some, some debt there, so to speak, whereas you haven't. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue. So it's like, um, how useful is Nike in entering that space? Okay. You know, how... What is the legitimacy? And that's where they'll have, they'll have more of a problem than we will. Um... And that's where I think they're welcome to come into that space. I mean, we are a campaigning organisation, so ultimately, you know, our founders, one of those classic classic things like when we've finally achieved our goal, we cease to exist. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. So, you know, Which, if, alas, will never happen, I suspect. But, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a horrible mission, isn't it? Kind yeah. of going, I want to make myself redundant, please. Yeah, yeah. But the moment I'm redundant is because amnesty is no longer needed. Yeah. And unfortunately, at the moment, we still are. So if brands are going to come in and become suddenly much more moral and ethical and start making, you know, stopping child labour, stopping the sweatshops. Um, there's there's all kind of enforced slavery that's going on and modern day slavery. That sort of stuff is the bit where if they come into that space and conquer it... You'd welcome it. Yeah, yeah. big big cheers on all those companies that yeah. do that, you know, yeah. totally come into our space and swallow us up, you know, but um, it ain't happening yet. No. Mark Cooper. Thank you very much indeed. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.